One of the most pressing challenges of our generation concerns energy and growing demand for it. It affects almost every aspect of our lives. How we work, how we travel, how we spend our free time, how we design cities or even how we think about the future of farming. And most of all, it affects our planet. In this podcast, we will talk about the future of energy, what are the biggest challenges for the grid operators and what are the ideas to meet them that we all, electricity users, will benefit from this. My name is Łukasz Gras and I will be your host for the entire podcast series we called Powering Low Carbon Communities with ABB. Let's start. Today you cannot talk about energy without talking about green energy. This subject dominates almost every conversation and there are more than a dozen reasons for it. It becomes critical for our environment and health to replace the negative effects of fossil fuels with more friendly alternatives. But there is an old truth. Where there are challenges to meet, there are always obstacles to overcome. And today we will talk with one of the best experts of overcoming those obstacles, Mr. Carlos Nieto, who is a global product line manager, energy storage for packaging and solutions at ABB. Hello. And the second guest is Daniel Umana, executive president and partner at Dew uh, Capital. Thanks a lot uh, to you, Lucas and Carlos, for having me here. Uh, let's start uh, our conversation uh, with a very simple question. But I think it is worth telling our listeners uh, in two words what is behind the names of your positions in the company. Uh, can you please explain what exactly does it, this mean? What do you do in your daily basis? What I do in my daily basis is I'm managing a product line which we can consider as a business within a, a big company like this ABB. In that, in this business, I'm managing globally what is the energy storage solutions, where we develop integrated solutions for, for our customers in close coordination with them, where we are aiming for attacking the decarbonization, decentralization, as well as there is no world today without digitalization. So we promote all those three pillars in our integrative solutions. So what we are aiming is to make the energy storage to be one of the key enablers for the future of the grid or the future of the energy that we are seeing today. So all in all, I'm a global leader managing business within Uh, big business like ABB. Clear. Daniel, what about you? I'm um, president and uh, chief uh, executive officer of Duke Capital and Services. This is a company that um, develop and invest in uh, green energy here in Latin America. We do believe that energy is the most transversal service and public service that uh, enables all the different aspects of uh, a country development. What we do on a daily basis is serve our vision to become uh, the great partner and to develop and help in the energy transition of uh, countries like Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, uh, Panama, among others. And we have been doing so for the last 10 years and uh, very, very interested to uh, see what uh, new technologies and ambitions are in the market and the years to come. Uh, sounds very impressive. 
what you're doing, guys. Uh, we are clear about what exactly you do. And uh, that is very important to understand because, you know, I've been uh, an active journalist for 20 years and my daughter used to be with me at work one day and she saw what I was doing. And later in the kindergarten, when the kindergarten teacher asked what daddy did, my daughter said, daddy sits, drinks coffee and looks at the computer. <laughs> so as you know, it's not all the true about my profession. <laughs> I'm asking what are you doing in, in your daily basis, okay? Okay, let's start from the green power because uh, the title of our conversation is uh, why must we keep the green power on? So my question is, why is green power so important today? And will this trend continue? What do you think? Why is so important? First of all, uh, we need to aim for zero emissions. We need to live in a sustainable world and we need to push for that. So we need to keep pushing for that green power, no fossil fuels, more on the renewable, coupled with storage as well. And well, all of us, we want a more sustainable world, right? And more healthy. So that's why we have all the targets to fulfill. And that's why we are here. Will it keep continuing? Absolutely. We can see how the trends are going more and more. And well, the aim is to have by 2050, 50% of the generation in the world has to be green. So will continue? Absolutely. And we are here to support that. It's very important to understand that electricity and, and, and power actually is an essential piece of uh, our existence as a human beings. Uh, more, more and more uh, energy is needed for things like uh, health. If you go to uh, whatever place today, uh, more technological advanced uh, uh, systems and machines are there uh, to help you to help us out, and uh, that is true as well. And now with the pandemic, uh, for let's say the educational side, we used to have one computer at home, and now each uh, kid has to have their own computer in order to attend uh, classes virtually. And uh, if I ask you guys how many cell phones, probably you have more than one cell phone. So life is becoming more and more and more uh, energy connected. And that actually ties to uh, countries and people invest tons of money in infrastructure. But the one infrastructure that we have to invest on, and I agree 100% with Carlos, is the one that we normally look uh, uh, or doesn't, or we don't look at, is uh, the, the planet, the, the environment. And the green energy is not a is not an option. It is a must for all of us. We have to uh, develop and continue to develop the uh, energy transition in order to be cleaner, efficient, and um, more important. Be able to continue living in this in this planet. That is the only one that we have. Colombia uh, wants to have a 25% reduction in their um, greenhouse emissions by 2025. That is, five, it, it, that is almost uh, uh, impossible if we don't invest right now. And we put ourselves to, 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 uh, into that uh, journey in order to be able to do it. So I hear 
and I'm not talking only for, for your capital, but as a society, we have to continue the development of the green energy and, uh, and, and, and ingrain it in our, in our DNA. Lucas. Yeah, right. I couldn't agree more uh, with you, Daniel. And uh, I have said many times in our podcast that the success of implementing green power depends, among other things, of course, on people's attitudes. They are thinking about the future of our planet. So tell me how to convince emerging markets to implement green power. I will say that it goes in two different ways. One is, of course, um, some kind of, and, and, and let me use the word evangelization, is to go and try to convince people with different uh, approaches. But also, like in, like in Colombia, uh, you have to enforce rules. And in Colombia, uh, the, this government enforced uh, a rule that 15% of all electricity and all power by all the different stakeholders that is distributed here in country has to come from uh, uh, renewables. And that actually opens the conversation to a broader, a broader percentage of the, of the market. Second, when you change from consumers to pro-consumers in order to them to start producing and give them the technology in order to become more aware some of them just because of cost cutting, but some of their, them also cost cutting and environmental conscious, that it opens the door for these uh, people to start talking about the subject. And, and I think that's the way that we can actually get the, the, the topic into a day, daily conversation and make it more relevant. Uh, and, and, and of course, we can talk about the current events in which uh, uh, one of the powers uh, is controlling gas for the for the rest of the population, and and, and that right. actually changed the, the the geopolitics. Uh, that I think we can talk uh, later. And I don't know exactly if it's the topic of this podcast, but but that actually gets uh, the, the the scope of what we are looking at, not only in terms of well-being and environmental issues, but also in terms of geopolitics and, and the balance of power. Yeah, Carlos, I, I'm really curious your point of view. Well, I have to start saying I cannot agree more with Daniel here. Uh, we need to consider one thing, um, how everything is moving. We need to consider people are people. And yes, we all want a more green planet, sustainable future that we all can live in a more healthy way as well. How to enforce that? We need to start from the government. Of course, we need to start from that point. Regulations are needed. Incentives are needed in the other side. Yeah? Prosumers, we have to be able to make their life more easy, yeah? not put more and more block roads for them in order that they can start installing distributed generation on their own. It started to be that they can inject that energy into the grid in a most easy way. We cannot be just putting obstacles to, to them or even in some countries that even have to pay for that. It cannot be like, like that. We need to enforce that. Good regulations, governments, funding, of course, is needed there. 
Yeah, great. Okay, so let's stop a little bit with, with the, the subject because you mentioned people's attitude, you mentioned convincing people, you mentioned uh, regulation and uh, forcing governments to to act. But you know, to be honest, people are lazy by nature. Unfortunately, they prefer to use simple solutions such as coal rather than stepping out of their comfort zone, for example, and opting for more difficult and expensive solutions. Uh, so. Uh, is it necessary to abandon fossil fuels? I mean, uh, for, for emerging markets? It is. On my point of view, it is. Absolutely, it is. If we keep the fossil fuels running, is the comfort zone, right? Why I have to turn to any other place? Why I have to install renewable? Why I have to look for alternative technologies? If I have the fossil fuel that is known by heart, and, well, am I going to invest on new technologies? Well, from a personal point of view, I may think, I don't know, maybe risky, right? Why I have to go there? So, but if we move into the point of abandon the fossil, then yes, there is no other way. And with good governmental, uh, see, processes and the way forward, that can be done. That's the way I see it. Unfortunately, I won't be a on the same boat as Carlos. I do think that is uh, in today's global situation, it is impossible to abandon fossils. Um, it is a good aim, uh, yeah. We have been fighting against cold for the last, uh, I don't know, 250 or uh, 300 years, knowing that cold is very, 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 uh, uh, dirty type of fuel, uh, yes, uh, but we have not been able to do it. And there are, there are so many different uh, situations in which uh, uh, cold is a, good, uh, is a good option. Iron, iron ores and that kind of things, um, but there is technology in order to uh, be able to do it on a, on a proper way. Uh, on a more environmental friendly way, I would say. Um, technology allows uh, things to evolve and enable different alternatives. What I do agree with Carlos is that uh, there is a pathway. There is a, there, now, if you look, if you look uh, uh, five to 10 years ago, renewals were no, no cost effective. And uh, you need uh, tons of uh, incentives and subsidies in order to be able to produce on a constantly effective way. However, now, like solar or wind, they compete head-to-head, uh, head-to-head uh, with uh, other sources of energy. And, uh, and that will technology allow that to, to be uh, the cost of producing the solar panels uh, the cost of uh, all the different uh, uh, aspects uh, uh, have decreased. Now with storage, we were confined by the, I would say, the solar hours and the wind hours uh, or the solar seasons and the wind seasons for energy. But now with storage, and Carlos knows this uh, much better than I do, he expands the options to be able to compete. And that... When, when you have more and, and, and bigger uh, uh, market and 
much more and much more consumers, uh, the technology will, will will develop, and that will actually get the solar the the fossil fuels by itself, but not because of a regulation or because of a banning. At the end, it will okay. actually move them. Yeah, I would like I would like to to counter answer here a bit. With all this, what I wanted to say as well is like maybe today we cannot abandon. We don't have that technology, Daniel, that you were mentioning. But if we think ten years ago that the EV car could be four hundred range kilometer or a wind turbine could be in the range of the megawatts, maybe we could think, are we crazy? What is going to happen in twenty years, thirty years? We have to move there, yeah? and that's the technology push that is needed. So that's why I'm saying that for me. On my point of view, it is needed that we are not there yet. I fully agree. We are not there yet to switch off the yeah. fuel. Yeah, but unfortunately, we can abandon fossil fuels because we are not government. But we can convince people. And can you guys? Can you point out five, just five biggest benefits emerging markets can have from switching, investing more into green power? Let's start from Carlos. First of all, money wise, yeah, CO2 yeah. footprint. That's one of them. I 100% agree with you. One is sustainability, and economically wise and environmentally wise. But sustainability is one of the key issues uh, here. I will I will add another one. I will say the access to to services. Uh, it is with these new technologies, sons. Uh, uh, shines in every corner of the planet, uh, more places than other, but uh, you have access to electricity and power uh, pretty much everywhere. Okay. I would say as well, they're related to all this, that green power can enable different business models, which today uh, you already mentioned, it, Daniel, prosumers, they are there. They are producers and they are consumers at the same time. This years ago was not there. And now it is a reality. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Another one is longer and more important source of revenue because you are not constrained by the supply of this fossil fuel. So you have a steady uh, source of energy that will enable you to do whatever you want to do as an industry, as as a as a, a producer. So that's why these countries need to further develop uh, green energy. Okay, uh, that's enough for me. And now let's talk a bit about technical side of, of the subject. Uh, from the technical point of view, uh, what are the biggest challenges in the sustainable energy industry, in your opinion? I can start from there. The biggest challenge is how the energy flow is moving. We were used in the past in the typical grid that the power flow goes from generation to the loads. Now, different flows are going everywhere. We have decentralization. We have generation here and there, totally distributed, and it's very, very hard to manage. Yeah? So how to manage those energy flows, for me, is the key. And that's why digitalization is needed there. There is no control possible without the proper proper digital layer in order to manage those energy flows, as well as the coordination between all the different parties that they are going to be. As we said before, 
we had generation, we had load. So producer and consumer. Now it's a totally di different story. You have prosumers. The biggest uh, technical challenge today is, uh, is that this, and, and I'm talking more like uh, for my experience in Latin America than in other places, but it had been a, a club uh, industry in which a few were producers and tons were consumers. So uh, when there's so many more producing, um, these uh, club members decide to fight back. And there are challenges, there are technical challenges, like Carlos said, yes. However, markets like German market, uh, California, among others, have shown that those, these uh, uh, problems are, I won't say easy, but are manageable and you can do it. So I won't say today that there's any, any, uh, roadblock that you will not be able to overcome. I know that you are working on what we ca can call a solar plus storage solution. Walk me through it. How will it work? Can you explain in layman's terms the mechanics? Sure. I mean, from the from the solar generation, I think we don't need to add anything uh, extra there. Okay. Of, of course, efficiencies have changed a lot. Power electronics, the PV itself. But we have to consider what we call about the PV plus storage. Why we talk about this combination? The energy of the sun is lighting when it does. Okay, we know the hours when we have sun, but it is totally non-aligned with the load consumption. So why we need the storage? We need to store the energy for use it as a later stage that we can introduce it when it is needed, not when it is generated that can be totally misaligned with the demand. What about the maintenance and operation of the entire installation? Can you talk a little bit on, on the maintenance needed for the solar uh, PV and also the energy storage unit? Uh, on, the, on the PV side, there is minimal maintenance. Uh, of course, cleaning. Uh, it is something that you have to do. If you have, uh, like in your roof, things like thermographic and that kind of things are not... Uh, very common, but if you have one of these thermometers that we use for the COVID, you can go up and take a look of the of the panels and have which one is not producing uh, or is a little bit warmer, and uh, and you can think if is if it's warmer enough to change it. Uh, so in terms of the PV system, maintenance is is really 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 low. In terms of the storage. What you need to, to have is a proper setup. Uh, of course, batteries, uh, life is changing uh, from three to nine to 12 years, depending on the type of batteries that you, that you uh, use. But uh, more important than anything is properly use it. If the supplier says that your death of your uh, charge should be X, 80%, uh, you shouldn't be doing 100% uh, all the time. And if he says 50, you shouldn't do it 100% uh, all the time because that will actually short the life of your, of your system. So if it's well set up, you do the normal uh, things, your cost of, uh, of uh, maintenance should be very, very minimal. 
the key point is in order to have a proper usage is a proper dimensioning from the beginning where for example in this case where pv is coupled with energy storage is what is going to be the load cycle of that energy storage together with the pv that we have the exact capacity that is needed to keep it safe for a long time yeah that's the key part proper dimensioning and of course do not abuse during the lifetime we know in a storage when something happens which everybody may think oh it's catastrophic yeah, from the point of view also to the eye because there is can be fire is because it has happened uh, abuse of the system so less dimension properly and don't abuse and normal maintenance and the system will run as expected for the lifetime what do you think the future of energy will be like in 2030 in 2040 or 2050 is it possible to predict i will say for colombia the 2030 it's becoming greener of course the the energy matrix uh, here in colombia uh changed uh, last year for less than 1% to almost 9% uh, in uh, with uh, renewable energy and bear in mind that colombia it's a very hydro uh power uh market like 80% of the of the energy produced in colombia is is coming from uh, uh big dams so in in, in 2030 i say that uh, between 25 to to 30% of the market um and more driven by the pro consumers there is a huge push uh in every single uh building people are putting uh, photovoltaic systems on uh, storage in order to be able to uh, get access to this greener more on a cost um, uh, saving type of uh, scheme but that will actually start talking about the benefits on the uh, environmental side i will jump uh, lucas based on the on the time uh, to 2050 and i ambition that uh, we were not we will not be talking about energy transition we will be talking more about energy efficient at that time because the transmission has happened already uh, of course new technology will come uh, although hydrogen has been in the in the industry for almost 100 years we are talking now about hydrogen and um, but i think uh, at that moment um, like uh, and uh, electric transportation or zero emission transportation uh it will be something that we will see uh on a daily basis but not only for uh, small cars and uh, personal cars but also for long hauls uh trains and i hope one day it will be also for airplanes and and, and carrier vessels of course electrification of the transportation that you've been mentioning that's why it's going to be one of the keys as well there because this is not only let's say one topic let's install more renewable we have to get greener there must be a circle yeah we have to produce more renewable energy as well as we have to consume it in a most sustainable way as it can be on the transportation not only cars buses uh, even boats today planes most probably on the near future all that is going to drive as well let's say the capital cost of energy storage which is 
I really, really see it as one of the key enablers in order to have more green power on our systems. Gentlemen, it was really great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for this very interesting conversation. I wish you a good day. Same, Carlo. Thank you very much for the time. Uh, and Lucas, uh, a great pleasure to be in the podcast. Thanks a lot. Have a great afternoon. Thank you very much, Daniel and Lucas. And let's keep the green power on. Yeah.